Welcome to Roaming Radio. I'm your host, Sheridan Futrell, bringing you episodes every other week all about the outdoors. We'll learn about new skills, get honest gear reviews, hear stories about belonging in the outdoors from other people just like you, and so much more, all in pursuit of a more adventurous life. So put on your adventure shoes and let's dive on into today's episode. So today we're going to talk about backpacks and everything you need to know about picking the best backpack for you, whether you're going backpacking or on a hike. So the first thing you want to consider is the backpack size and backpacks come in a variety of sizes and none of them are associated with the size of clothes that you wear. So first there's the torso length and the torso length is from where your head tilts down to the top of your iliac crest or where you would put your hip belt. And that is what small, medium, and large corresponds to when you're looking at backpacks. Every brand or every manufacturer backpack is slightly different on their size chart. And so when you're looking online, it's very important to check it out, but they're usually about the same. And The only difference I've really seen is like give or take an inch and backpacks these days tend to also have torso length adjustments even within like the small category or the medium category. So keep that in mind as you're shopping around, but the main backpack size has to do with capacity and capacity is measured in liters, which to Americans, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And liters is like the volume that it holds. So for a day hike, you'll see anything from 11 liters all the way up to 40 liters as a recommendation for a day hike. And that's pretty drastic. I would say if you're going on short one to three milers and you're only really taking your water, your wallet, and your keys and your phone you want to kind of stay on the smaller end. So that would be a good time to use an 11 to 22 liter pack. It will hold your water. It will hold a few other things, maybe a light jacket, depending on how big your jacket is and what size of pack you get. So when you're doing those shorter hikes, you're looking at the 11 to 22 liter range. And then from like 24 liters up to 28 liters is where you're looking at for those longer day hikes, or if you're doing hikes that require more gear, more layers. I tend to use a 28 liter pack when I'm with my dog and when I'm not hiking in the summer because I tend to get really warm. So I'll need to take off layers and put them somewhere. And then if I have a really small pack, then my jacket and my hat, my gloves don't fit. So I have backpacks of all sizes, but if you're just starting out and you're shooting for a general all-purpose size that you can take on hikes anywhere from one mile up to like seven or eight miles, I would go with a 22 or 24 liter pack just because it will give you that flexibility and options without feeling like you have way too much empty space because you don't want a whole lot of empty space on no matter what activity you're doing when you're backpacking or hiking because things will just kind of jostle around and bop around, which is really annoying when you're walking. And then if you're in a position where you're trying to do a stream crossing or scramble up some rocks, having things shift on you could throw you off balance, which could lead to an injury. When you're looking at overnight packs for backpacking trips, if you Google what size backpack do I need, you will be fed a few lies. Google will tell you that you need 
a 70 liter pack for more than one night, and that's just absolutely not true. You're going to want to aim for a 45 to 55 liter pack if your gear is really compact, because again, the size and capacity is measured in volume. So even if you're you have ultralight gear, if it's bulky gear, you're still going to need that extra space. So 45 to 55 liters is really for those people with compact gear or who don't bring a lot of stuff with them. 55 to 65 liters tends to be where the average backpacker falls and where I would start if I were a beginner, especially closer to that 60, 65 range. Really compact backpacking gear gets very expensive. So when you are starting out and you're trying to build that collection of gear, you're going to have some bulkier gear and that's not a problem. It's fine. It's just something to keep in mind when you are looking at the capacity of backpack you're going to purchase. I know a few people who can fit all of their gear in a 45 liter pack, but for the most part, I would say people tend to go the 55 to 65 liter pack for their overnight trips. You can fit enough food in all of your gear for multiple nights. You can also just do it for one night. It's a really great size to get when you're starting out because it fits the gear that tends to be more budget friendly and it also has enough space for everything you would need without having too much dead space. Because when you have too big of a pack, you tend to bring too many things and you tend to overpack. So by having limited space, you really consider what you need to bring with you. So that 70 plus liter pack recommendation is a little misleading, but 70 plus liters exist for a reason. And that reason tends to be people who go on longer, more remote expeditions that don't have access to water sources or don't have access to food sources for more than five plus days. Or it's also for those people who are hunters and rock climbers. So just to recap the past few minutes, if you are brand new to the outdoors and you are going to go buy um, a backpacking backpack and a day hike backpack, you're going to want to shoot for 55 to 65 liters for your backpacking backpack and 22 to 24 liters for your really good average day hiking backpack. So it's great. You know what size backpack you're looking for. When you start to Google different backpacks, you're going to start to see descriptions of frames. And this is mainly for backpacking backpacks. There is an internal frame, an external frame, and a frameless. And they all have a purpose in the backpacking world. So internal frames are going to be packs that you see when you go to REI. They're very accessible in an in-store buying scenario. And what these are is the frame is inside, hence the name internal frame. And the purpose of a frame when it comes to a backpack is to help distribute weight. And it also helps you carry more weight more comfortably than an option without a frame. Sometimes they will have a back suspension option. And that typically looks like some sort of netting and some little contraption that helps keep the weight off of your back. It takes it a little bit further back so it's not right on your back, which helps with ventilation. And ventilation is one of the main cons to an internal frame pack. And that is because 
everything sits so close to your actual body with an internal frame. Another con to internal frame packs is the price point. They tend to range from $200 to $400, and that's not always the most accessible when you are first starting out, but they are very common, and you can find them used either at garage sales, you can find them on used gear, Facebook marketplace type of pages, and they also can be found if you have a store that is selling old rental gear, the internal frame packs are pretty common and they're very common enough to where you'd be able to pick up a used one pretty easily. Another con to them is that there are not many external connection points for gear if you are somebody who likes to have your gear on the outside of your pack. That is a personal preference. I personally don't like putting all of my gear on the outside of my pack because it tends to snag on things, which is both annoying and it adds extra wear and tear to your gear when you could prevent it by just putting it inside of your pack. And that kind of gets into the pros of an internal frame pack. Internal frame packs have really high capacities to carry things on the inside relative to an external frame pack. And that helps a lot with the issue of not having external points for your gear if that is actually an issue for you. Along with having the internal high capacities, they have a high carrying capacity or tend to relative to a frameless pack. And that is true for both internal frame and external frame packs. They're very easy to find, like I said before, and they tend to carry weight very comfortably because of how they are designed. So if that sounds good to you, maybe look at an internal frame pack. But if you're somebody who is a little more old school and has a tighter budget, an external frame pack could be a really good option as well. External frame packs are like, if you close your eyes and you think of like what a backpack looked like in the 80s or 90s, you're getting along the lines of an external frame pack. It's one where you can clearly see the frame and the frame is that aluminum railing system that you can see. To me, it looks like a lawn chair, if that helps you visualize it a little bit better. And the pros of an external frame pack are that they tend to be cheaper. They're more in the $150 to $200 range when they're new, and you can also find them used. They are a little harder to find both new and used than an internal frame, so that is a con to them. But another pro is that they have a lot better ventilation or tend to have a lot better ventilation than an internal frame. So if you get really grossed out by having a sweaty back, but you still want a backpack, an external framed backpack would be a good starting point for you to look at. Some cons to them, though, are that they are a little bit more top heavy because of how the frame carries the actual fabric backpack part. And being top heavy isn't that big of a deal when you are on flat ground or just walking, but when you get to things like river crossings or trying to scramble over some rocks or areas that you need to be a little more agile, having a top-heavy pack can be a little annoying and throw you off on your center of gravity, but that's something you can get used to. That's something that comes with practice, so it's not necessarily detrimental. Another large con, and this is the reason I don't like external frame backpacks, is that the carrying capacity tends to be a lot smaller. So 
you have your main backpack pouch. Think of like the fabric part of the backpack. And that tends to be a lot smaller on an external frame versus an internal frame. And that's combated with having more external points for your gear. So you do get those external hookups. But like I said earlier, I like to carry my gear inside of my pack, not outside. So that is another big difference between the two. And you can get like little molly bags, for lack of better term, that can go onto your external frame backpack to help increase your capacity, but it's very modular compared to an internal frame. And if you're listening to all this and you're like, ugh, frames just sound horrible, there is a frameless option when it comes to backpacking backpacks. And frameless is exactly like it sounds. There is no frame. So think back to grade school when you carried a backpack to school. Those did not have frames. So that's kind of more what you should be picturing. And they tend to be pretty inexpensive, which is a good pro to them. They're typically in the $75 to $150 range when they're new. But although you have the money savings on the backpack, you do end up coming into an issue with gear and the actual weight of the gear. Frameless backpacks don't have a mechanism to transfer the weight off of your shoulders and onto your hips the way that framed packs do. And that transfer of weight is how you comfortably backpack. It's how you comfortably carry heavier weights. So the carrying capacity of a frameless pack is a lot lower than that of its framed counterparts. So you're looking at 22 pounds, maybe maximum carrying with a frameless, but that wouldn't be very comfortable. All of the weight would be on your shoulders. And when you think, oh, 22 pounds, that sounds like a good amount of gear. Keep in mind, it's not just gear, it's your food, it's your water. And two liters of water, which is a pretty standard carrying amount, is 2.2 pounds. So automatically you're down to 17.8 pounds call it 17.5 because you have to put your water in something before you're maxing out the carrying capacity of that backpack. Okay, real quick. Have you heard about the Backcountry Social Club? It's an online community where you can connect with other adults who are new or new-ish to camping, hiking, and backpacking. Every month, there are two events, a skills workshop to help you get outside safely and confidently, and a fireside chat where we can connect with each other and build our community. There are other great perks too, like printable resources and quarterly gear giveaways for premium members. Basic membership to the community is completely free and a link is in the show notes. I'd love to see you there. Some other things to consider for the backpack you purchase for either hiking or backpacking are some very common features that you may or may not want. A really common one is a whistle on the sternum strap or the chest strap. And whistles come in handy as a safety tool, as a very rudimentary safety tool. You can use them to scare animals, and you can also use them as a signal for help, to signal other people that you need help. And so that's an easy one to have on your backpack, so you don't have to think about it when you're either packing a first aid kit or packing the rest of your gear. Another really popular feature that is found on your hip belt is hip belt pockets, And most backpacks will have a hip belt to some degree, but not everyone will have hip belt pockets. 
Those usually start being introduced in the 20 plus liter backpack range. And one thing to consider with those pockets when you're looking at various backpacks and deciding on which one you want to have, consider the size of the hip belt pockets and what you would use them for. There are so many pockets that are way too small to fit your cell phone. So if you are thinking, oh, I want a hip belt pocket so I have easy access to my phone so I can take pictures, check my map, etc. Make sure your phone will actually fit in those pockets. A lot of the newer smartphones are too large to fit in a lot of the pockets. So that's something to consider if that is how you want to use it. Another easy and great way to use the hip belt pockets are for your snacks and for tissues. If you have seasonal allergies or your nose gets really runny when you're outside, I know mine does, having really quick access to tissues that aren't sweaty like they would be if they were in my pants pocket is a really nice thing to have. If you have asthma, a hip belt pocket is a great place to store your inhaler. Or if you have other allergies that you might need an EpiPen for, that's a great place to store it, assuming your EpiPen is protected against any anything that could like hit it so that way it doesn't go off. But that's a great use for a hip belt pocket. All of these features, including the pocket, come down to personal preference. So if you're not somebody who would use the hip belt pocket, it's totally fine to forego it. It's also fine to leave them empty if the pack you like has them. Another nice feature is having a detachable brain. And this is a nice feature when you are somebody who like backpacks in to a campsite and then stays there for a few days, but wants to go on little side quests. Or if you travel a lot with your backpack, because when you can take the brain off, it all of a sudden becomes your personal item and your carry-on versus just your carry-on. So that's a fun little travel fact when it comes to backpacks. And then another really important feature that a backpack either will or will not have is a water bladder reservoir pocket. Personally, I would not get a backpack without this. I like having a place to put my water bladder, even if I don't use it on every hike. There are plenty of hikes where I just use a Nalgene, but having an option and a designated place for your water bladder, should you choose to use one, is awesome. It helps keep your stuff dry from the condensation that your water bladder could produce. And it also helps with keeping it from flopping around. And the flopping around is incredibly annoying, both because you can feel it flopping around and because sometimes you can hear it. And depending on how your hoses are connected, having all the jostling movement, you do run the risk of it disconnecting, which would just make it so you can't drink water. It's not like water would spill everywhere, but It's just another annoying thing. So having a backpack with that sleeve for your water bladder is something I personally would not go without. This next one isn't so much of a feature that you add or subtract, but backpacks come with various designs when it comes to your pockets. A pretty common one is to have a bottom pocket, which is where you would store things like your sleeping bag or your sleeping bag and your pad. It keeps them separate, which helps with keeping them clean, but it's not really necessary in my opinion. A lot of times it's just an extra zipper on the bottom with a small piece of fabric that you can either attach or detach on the inside. That is the separation barrier. And that's just as more of a preference when it comes to packing and unpacking your backpack versus like an actual 
functional feature that would make or break your backpack experience. How you access your backpack's main compartment is also a feature, more or less, that you'll be able to filter on when you're searching through different backpacks. So the main way you access that pocket is through the top. And so sometimes you'll have a roll top, zip top, that part doesn't matter. But when you have top access to your main compartment, that means you are reaching down in, pulling stuff out, or reaching down and putting it in. You're not opening it like a suitcase. Side access to that main compartment is more like a suitcase. With side access, you can unzip it and have access to like the top, the middle, and the bottom of your backpack at the same time versus pulling things out through layers. And this can be helpful depending on how you pack your pack. If you are somebody who likes to cook lunch on the trail versus just cooking dinner, but you store your food and your stove in the middle, this could be a great way to get to your stove without pulling everything out. It can also be kind of nice if you're a haphazard packer, so you don't have to keep packing, unpacking, packing, and unpacking when you realize that you forgot something. My first backpack had side access, and I thought I would absolutely need it, but I didn't. There aren't as many that have side access versus just top access, so if you're trying to find a used pack or just find one really easily, having side access would be something that you would not necessarily get without digging. Another pocket that's really common is having a front mesh pocket. So the front mesh pocket would be on the front of the backpack when you're looking at the backpack. And that mesh pocket is great for things like your water filter or flip-flops or water crossing shoes or your map or your rain jacket, things that you don't necessarily want to have to open your backpack to get to. And initially, my first backpack did not have this pocket, and it annoyed the crap out of me. So I ended up getting one with the front mesh pocket, and I absolutely love it. My hiking backpack has a front mesh pocket, as well as my backpacking backpack. This front mesh pocket also adds a lot of capacity and carrying capacity to your backpack. So if you're really worried about having space for all your gear, having a front mesh pocket is a good way to extend how much stuff you can bring with you. So life is great. You have found which backpack you want. You have ordered it. It has all of those features that you want. And you're sitting and you're looking at it and you're thinking to yourself, oh, well, how do I pack this for either hiking or for backpacking? Packing and fitting your backpack is a really visual thing, in my opinion. So this would be a good time when you're looking at your backpack thinking, how do I pack this? It would be a great time to Google your specific backpack and see if the manufacturer has a video to help you adjust everything properly because each backpack has different, they're called load lifters and they may not even have them on your backpack depending which one you have, but it helps with distribution of weight. And there is like a way to adjust every specific backpack that is better when you go and look at the manufacturer for a video versus trying to learn on a podcast. But when you're packing the stuff inside the backpack, there are some general rules and guidelines that you would follow to help make it as comfortable as possible when carrying it. So the stuff you don't need quickly or throughout the day and stuff that you only need when you're at camp, such as a sleeping bag, would go at the very bottom. They're bulky. They're hard to like squish in. So it's best if you put that in first and then squish all the stuff on top of it. 
in the middle of your backpack, that's where you're going to put your food and your bear canister. And I'm not talking about your snacks for the day. The snacks for the day should be easily accessible, but things like dinner or the breakfast for the next day like that, that should go in the middle of your pack. This is also where you're going to store your tent, both the body and the rain fly, any extra clothes or anything heavy. So this is also where you would put water if you were carrying extra water bottles full of water, as opposed to having water in your water bladder in the water bladder pocket. All of the heavy stuff goes in the middle. In the top, you're going to put stuff that you need easy access to. So things like the snacks for the day, if they're not in a hip belt pocket, you want to put them at the top. You're going to put your first aid kit up there, bathroom supplies like your toilet paper, your trowel if you have to go poop, and any like hand sanitizer, things like that would go at the top, as well as extra layers that you're going to need throughout the day, whether that's a rain jacket or if you start in the morning and you're cold and you have a jacket, when you take it off, you're going to put it at the top. You're not going to repack your backpack. As you pack your pack more often, you'll get better at figuring out what parts of your gear need to go where to make it the most comfortable for you. Ultimately, backpacks are a piece of gear and gear is incredibly personal. Everybody has a different budget, different preferences, and all of that plays into all gear selections, including your backpack. So take this episode with a little bit of grain of salt and understanding that my preferences might be different than your preferences, and that's totally okay. Choosing your backpack shouldn't be something that is overwhelming or gives you like total analysis paralysis. There is not one that is the best for you. There's not one that is the best overall. It's all personal preference. Thank you for sharing your time with me on this week's episode of Roaming Radio. If you're looking to start your outdoor journey, I have an essential guide to getting outside that is completely free to download at the link in the show notes. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate and subscribe wherever you're listening so you don't miss a new episode. Until next time, keep exploring. Keep exploring.